Well, hello, friend. And how are you? I apologize that I've been away for a little while. As you know, I do live in uh, Canada's capital, the beautiful city of Ottawa in Ontario, nestled on the Ottawa River, across from the province of uh, La Belle Province, du Québec. As you may know, if um, you happen to catch the news at any point during the month of February, you'll understand that we were under occupation. I'm not going to get into that, because this show is all about jazz. But suffice to say, I was not in the headspace to record a show of this nature during that time period. I was not calm, cool, and collected. I did take it to the streets. You can look it up if you like. Okay, enough about me. Let's get into the jazz. I'm going to start things off today with a classic from 1979 by the late great Art Pepper. From the album Straight Life, this is Nature Boy. Mm-hmm. 
said he was the original hippie. He, uh, <laughs> he led a rather bucolic life and studied Eastern mysticism. He uh, used to sleep outdoors with his family, ate vegetables, fruits, and nuts, and he claimed to live on $3 per week. Now, he did make, make, sorry, earn a lot of money for his creation of the song Nature Boy. As I said, it is a uh, largely biographical song. Eden Abes, George Alexander Aberle, known as Eden Abes, the original hippie. The song was first recorded, oops, I bumped the microphone, my apologies, in uh, was it 1948 by uh, the incomparable Nat King Cole. I could do an entire show on, on Mr. Nat King Cole himself, and uh, maybe someday I will, but for today we're going to concentrate on Art Pepper who, when he passed away, 
as the result of a stroke in 1982. He was known as the world's greatest altoist, as he played alto sax. Brilliant player. He, uh, as I said, he passed away in 1982 as a result of... <laughs> I tripped over my tongue there. Result of a stroke. Uh, born in Gardenia, California, in uh, 1925. Sad that he died so young because he still had so much music left within him. Nevertheless, his um, catalog, my goodness gracious, as a band leader, he started in 1952 and recorded as a band leader right up until he died. He has two posthumous releases, Summer Nose in 2006 and Unreleased Art, Volumes 1 through 10, released in uh, between 2006 and 2018. As a side band, he recorded with, well, Jazz Giants, Chet Baker, Hoagie Carmichael, Art Farmer, Jerry Fielding, Stan Kenton, just to name a couple. So, hope you enjoyed that composition, because I know I certainly did. And if you were thinking, why does that sound familiar? Well, the song has been used in, my goodness gracious, I can't even begin to tell you how many movies and television series, series over the years. It was featured uh, as a as a recurring theme throughout, of course, with the lyrics, mind you, throughout the film uh, Moulin Rouge, the Baz Luhrmann film. And uh, at, at one point, the um, John Leguizamo's interpretation of the character, character, the individual, uh, Toulouse-Lautrec, uh, he sings some of the lyrics in the film, as well as uh, Ewan McGregor. So if you think, hmm, that sounded familiar. It's also been used in uh, a film which was written about the writing of the song. The film was titled Nature Boy, a Canadian film from 2001, featuring Callum Keith Rennie. I'm sure if you look hard enough, you can find it somewhere on a streaming service. I'm going to see if I can find it later today. Okay, let's move things along, shall we? I'm going to get into... Uh, a cut from the Jer- Jerry Mulligan album, Jerry Mulligan Meets Ben Webster. This is Chelsea Bridge. <laughs> Thank you. 
Hot Lips Harry, bit of a throwback there. If you ever watch the Flintstones, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I have to make a minor adjustment to the microphone so I can uh, see my notes a little bit better. So the song Chelsea Bridge from the album uh, Jerry Mulligan Meets Bed and Webster, recorded on uh, two separate sessions, November 3rd and December 2nd, 1959. The album was released in 1960. And the song, originally written by um, uh, Billy Strayhorn, Strayhorn, yes, I want to make sure I pronounce that correctly. I oftentimes do pronounce things incorrectly. It's never my intention, of course, but I do trip over my tongue a lot. I always leave the trips in because this needs to be organic. Organic? Organic. (laughs) There's another example for you right there. I do this in one take, stream of consciousness style. The only thing I ever edit out are coughs, sneezes, and the occasional police, fire, or ambulance siren that you hear in the background here in Centertown, downtown Ottawa, Canada's capital. So, uh, Mr. Strayhorn uh, wrote the song in, uh, when, when did he write it again? Was it 1956? Uh, 1941, my goodness. Wow, I was way off on that. Sometimes with dyslexia, your eyes pop all over the page and you're trying to read your notes. 1941, originally uh, recorded by the Duke Ellington Orchestra with, uh, with Strayhorn, rather than Duke Ellington himself, uh, on piano. So, uh, Ben Webster was also the uh, uh, tenor sax soloist on the original recording. Of course, Jerry Mulligan passed away in 1996 at the age of 68, and Bed Webster died in uh, 73 at the age of 64. The album, Jerry Mulligan Meets Ben Webster, an absolute masterpiece in jazz. It's become a, a known as a, as a standard, one that, one that any jazz collector should have in their possession. It's uh, ranked at number uh, uh, 448, sorry, in Colin Larkin's all-time 1,000 albums. Mr. Larkin stated it as a fine example of how two seemingly disparate musicians can perform together superbly. See, I'm not always smooth on the uh, microphone. It is a Sunday morning today when this is being recorded. I don't know when you're going to hear it. I'll release it to the world in short order. Okay. I'm going to move it along and go to another composition. Uh, this recording is from the album Landslide, Volume 1, from the Curtis Counts Group. This is Sarah, the instrumental version.
How's that for a swinger? Curtis Counts. Oh, yeah. Recorded in 1956 from the album The Curtis Counts Group. Later released as Landslide and Landslide Volume 1 as the outtakes from that recording session were placed on a second album. I need to step away for a second to pour myself another cup of coffee. I'll be right back. You won't even notice that I'm gone. Promise. Mmm. Fresh hot coffee. Oh. The elixir of life on an early morning. Early Sunday morning as it is. So Curtis Counts, the great Curtis Counts, West Coast jazz double bassist, specialized in hard bop, passed away um, quite young. He was only 37 at the time. In uh, 1963, I think it was, I guess he had a heart attack, which is, wow, possibly a congenital heart defect that was, well, never noticed. And in 1963, medical science is not what it is today. Sad, rather sad, because the man had so much music left in him. And uh, his, his catalog uh, of people that he's worked with, uh, that he had worked with, I should say, is rather extensive. The album, The Curtis Counts Group, um, like I said, re- released in um, 1957. Sorry, I had to pause there while I cleared my throat. Sometimes that happens, right? The album's well-reviewed, but I don't know if it really sold very much. I mean, jazz tends not to sell a lot. And I'd like to tell you a whole lot more about Mr. Kent, but there's not a lot of information available about the man. The song was written, um, Sarah, was written in 1955, I believe, written by Phil Lynott and Jack Sheldon. And that's really all the information I have on that song. I'd like to give you a lot more. There's just... Sadly, nothing available. So, I'm going to move it along because we are getting around the 40-minute mark of the show and uh, I still have, oh my goodness, another 20 minutes of music for you at least or or somewhere thereabouts. So let's move it along and uh, play this uh, composition, Scooby-Doo. It's spelled S-C-O-U-B-I-D-O-U, Scooby-Doo, en français. From the album Afternoon in Paris, this is John Lewis, John Lewis, and Sasha Distel. <laughs> Thank you. 
and Sasha Dittel. Dittel or Dittel? I'm not sure. D-I-S-T-E-L. Uh, Sasha, well, is his name is uh, Alexandre Dittel. Dittel? Alexandre Sasha Dittel. Born um, January 29th, 1933 in Paris. His father, um, Leonid Dittel, was born in uh, Odessa, in Ukraine, in 1902. The song you just heard, the composition, written by a jazz pianist, composer, and arranger, best known as the founder and musical director of the modern jazz quartet, Mr. John Lewis, originally from Lagrange, or Lagrange, I guess you would say, Illinois. Not to be confused with the late senator, John Lewis, freedom fighter. But uh, this John Lewis, who uh, passed away in the uh, 2001 at the age of 80, enjoyed a very long life and an illustrious career. He was um, introduced to Dizzy Gillespie's bop-style big band, and he auditioned for the band and was hired. Um, 
by playing the song Bright Lights that he, uh, he had written for the band. And that was kind of it. You know, after that, his, his career took off. He uh, had a long, illustrious career. And his catalog, well, forget it, he must be on at least 500 recordings easily, if not more. I mean, there's many that were done live um, in nightclubs, of course, and concert halls. The man was uh, a brilliant player. Mr. Sasha Destel, or Dizel, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, and I, I hate that if I've got it wrong. Somebody uh, feel free to correct me on, on the uh, Mixcloud comment board. I would really appreciate it if I, if I could get the proper pronunciation. The, uh, the track that you just heard, Scooby-Doo, was written uh, by Sasha, and it uh, it actually um, did uh, it netted him um, a, a chevalier of the Légion d'Honneur in 1997. He passed away in 2004 at the age of 71, and he recorded a multitude of styles: pop, rock, and jazz. He was also a singer and an actor. He originally started out playing piano but then moved to guitar. I don't know why, but I'm glad he did because his guitar playing is quite something. Now, he had a hit song with a cover version of uh, the 1970 classic Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Reached number 10 on the UK charts, along with Scooby-Doo and The Good Life. Scooby-Doo, um, it's translated from the American Apples, Peaches, and Cherries song uh, composed originally by Abel Meadowpole. It was a hit be, uh, when it was recorded by... Pe- Pe- uh, I'm stumbling again. It was a hit song for Peggy Lee when she recorded it. The French version. Now, there is a, a, a vocal version that Sasha actually sang on, and it was his first hit. Of course, this was merely the instrumental version, and I, I quite like it. It's just a nice sort of groovy track. Okay, I'm going to play one more song for you today, one more composition for you today. I really shouldn't call it a song. It is a jazz composition. But the name of the show is Songs and Stories. Of course, this is the Supplemental Jazz Edition, Part 58. It's been a couple of months since I recorded, as I stated earlier in the show, that, uh, well, you know, things happened. But I will get back to my regular weekly jazz show for you starting this week. This is Embraceable You from the great Wynton Marsalis.
Marcellus, with his interpretation of the George and Ira Gershwin classic, Embraceable You. Originally written in 1928 for an unpublished operetta named East is West. It was published in 1930, and it was included in uh, that year's Broadway musical, Girl Crazy, originally performed by Ginger Rogers in a song and dance routine choreographed by Fred Astaire. Now, when I was a young lad, Fred Astaire was the dancer of dancers, the one that we should all try and emulate, until somebody pointed out, and I don't recall who it was, that uh, Ginger Rogers was a far better dancer than Fred Astaire. As a young lad, I thought, well, why would you say that? Fred Astaire was the choreographer. He was the lead. He was this, the la, la, la. And they pointed out to me that Ginger Rogers did all her steps backwards and in heels, and stayed in perfect time with Mr. Astaire. Given another perspective, I see things completely differently now. Now, the song Embraceable You, um, the 1944 version by Billie Holiday, was included in the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2005. Now, Mr. Wynton Marsalis, originally from New Orleans, Louisiana, was commissioned by um, uh, the Lincoln Center to um, write a very specific composition. Uh, it's a, a two-and-a-half-hour jazz oratorio, Blood on the Fields. The oratorio, and I'm going to read the quote directly because it's important that I get it correct. The oratorio tells the story of two slaves, Jesse and Leona as they traverse the difficult journey to freedom. The narrative suggests that the individual freedom and agency of its protagonists is necessarily and inextricably intertwined with the empowerment of the community and nation as a whole. The work received the 1997 Pulitzer Prize for Music, being the first time the prize was ever given for a jazz music composition, an honor that had previously only been reserved for classical composers. If you have an opportunity, I suggest listening to Blood on the Fields. It's a monumental recording, a seminal work, one that you should take the time and sit back and listen. Okay. We've reached the end of today's show. I hope you've enjoyed the compositions today, and I I hope I wasn't too super chatty. I do try and give you some facts and information about the artists and the composition when and where I can. Sometimes the um, information is hard to come by. As with um, Mr. Curtis Kuntz. C-O-U-N-C-E is how it's spelled, if you were wondering. So wherever you are in this world today, I do hope you have a wonderful day. Apologies, I had to clear my throat. Oh, I forgot to silence my phone. Terribly sorry about that. As I was saying, wherever you are in this world today, I hope you have a wonderful day. And I will, uh, I'll be in your ears again very soon. Until that time, take care 
And as my good friend Douglas always says, be kind to and gentle with yourself.